Welcome back to She Rock Team Radio. I'm Brella, and today I'm here with Janaya. Hi. And so now we'll be moving on to our news topic, and our news topic today is with Ty. So Ty, what do you have for us? Hi. Today I have a little interaction that happened on an airplane with Mike Tyson, a former professional boxer. He was caught on video allegedly punching a fellow passenger on a JetBlue airplane flight. The San Francisco Police Department told CBS News that officers detained the two people who were involved in a physical altercation on board an airplane Wednesday night at the San Francisco International Airport. SFPD, aka San Francisco Police Department, did not name anyone involved, but we do know one was treated for non-life-threatening injuries. On the other hand, representatives for Tyson say that the other passenger started it. So what do you guys think about that? I know that since Mike Tyson is like a professional boxer, like he can box box, like knock somebody out and probably kill a boxer. I know his hands, I didn't know this, but a while I found, wait, like a long time ago, I found out that most boxers' hands are like registered as like weapons, like how a gun is registered as a weapon, like a deadly weapon. His hands are like registered that. So I hope he doesn't get into too much trouble, like, I don't know, because that's still like a, I guess that's a felony, I guess, because it's a deadly weapon, so. I do agree with you, Braylon. That's kind of all the news we have right now from it, just that his representatives say that the other passenger started it, and that's when someone took a video and allegedly saw him, caught him punching the passenger, basically self-defense. Yes, I understand that he did it, and I understand why, because some people feel like since these boxers, like, they're, they could get in legal trouble for, like, punching them, they feel like they have a need to be extra, like, do stuff they know they wouldn't do if that wasn't, like, a legal thing, like, if he wasn't hit them and he wasn't, wouldn't get into legal trouble. Okay, so now we'll be moving on to our fashion segment, and our fashion segment today is with me. And so right now, um, it's officially sandal season. But there's another shoe set to compete with your beloved Birkenstocks, the fashion flip-flops. Essentially, it's a levelated thong-toast sandal that isn't flimsy or rubbery like your favorite poolside footwear. Rather, it's sturdy enough for commute. So these flip-flops, they're like the 2000s, like the little 2000s aesthetic where it's kind of like they have like heels on it and stuff. I actually been seeing like a lot of people wear them now since it's starting to get springtime or it is springtime even though it's kind of cold. Now that it's springtime and it's getting on to be summertime. So have you guys seen these shoes or would you wear them? Actually no I haven't heard about those. I probably wouldn't wear them not because like anything bad. I just don't wear flip-flops very much or sandals. But they do sound really pretty with their little decorations on them and stuff. If they're comfortable, then yeah, I'll probably wear them. Yeah, they're cute because um some of the people that like are in like the fashion shows and stuff, they have been wearing them to like their runways or whatever. So it's kind of cute. Might get a pair. So now we'll be moving on to our entertainment. And our entertainment today is with Janiah. So Janiah, what do you have for us? Okay, so today I'm going with the top 10 songs on the Billboard. So number one is First Class by Jack Harlow. 
As It Was by Harry Styles, Heat Waves by Glass Animals, Big Energy by Lotto, Enemy by Im- Imagine Dragons, X Jid, Stay by The Killer Roy and Justin Bieber, Super Grooming by Kodak Black, Woman by Doja Cat, Ghost by Justin Bieber, and That's What I Want by Lil Nas X. So, do you guys have a favorite song right now? On the Billboard, I've heard of some of those. I probably heard almost all of them, but I like don't know the the name of it. Some of those songs I've heard trending on TikTok though. But from the Billboard, my number one favorite will stay. Well, while while it's on there, will stay "Woman" by Doja Cat. I like those songs too. By the way, I would say my favorite song. We're probably well. I have listened to Enemy by the Imagine Dragons, and also I like Good Morning Gorgeous by Mary Jane. Oh my god, it's just you know, it's good. But yeah, what about you, Braylon, Miss Kodak? <laughs> um, I don't really know right now. I don't really have my favorite song because, like I said last podcast, I've been stuck on the same playlist for like. I, a while now and it's kind of getting repetitive and annoying but yeah that's really it I don't have any song that I'm really listening to like that to that actually I lied I'm listening to Right On by Little Baby everybody was posting it on their story so I was like I might as well listen to the whole song and it's not that bad so today we'll be doing our hot topic and our hot topic today will be introducing Maya Freeland she is a award-winning visual artist who work was described by the late poet Maya Angelou as visualizing the truth behind the vulnerability and power of the human being. So, as you know, Grits is an organization that comes together like every other week. And our last workshop we did, we made tissue paper quilt. And our tissue paper quilt, other organizations will do that too. And they'll hang it up together and then they'll um, be hanging it up in the USCW University. I'm really honored to be here with you and to learn more about your organization. And I'm really excited that you also worked on a tissue quilt. And so I guess I'll start with the question for y'all. How'd it go? And did you have fun? And did you have any thoughts after you did the tissue quilt workshop? It was fun. I enjoyed doing it because I like putting stuff together and it didn't have to worry about being like too perfect or not being right. You could just put it together and it'll be pretty either way. Mm-hmm. I agree with Braylon. You know, just me, you know, crumbling up paper and just looking at it and be like, oh, this looks kind of, you know, nice. It's like you're telling me that, you know, whatever you make is art. It's not just, oh, it has to be neat. It has to, you know, all that. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even without me being there, which I really love to be there when um, workshops are taking place, I, I like to let everybody know that it's all-inclusive, um, meaning that anywhere from a baby, an infant, to um, 100 plus can do the tissue quilt workshop as long as you can hold a glue stick um and uh can put the glue to the paper i've worked with people who 
were blind. I've worked with people who had um, other impairments and it's something that, that like evens the playing field. So everybody can do it. There's no wrong way to do it. And that's, that's something inclusivity that's important in my workshops. Um, as a visual artist, a black visual artist that works with abstract art, it's really important for me for black women and young girls to understand that is rooted in the African-American tradition of quilt making. And the history of America is a terrible one, especially for black women. Um, we were given the scraps, the worst of the worst of the quilts um, and materials that they would have thrown away. But our beauty and our, our beautiful minds and our energy came together to create quilts that are unlike any quilts around the world, even using those scraps. So I want to lift up um, something like quilt making and make it a, an honored art form, not just folk art or art that's for kids. Um, it's beautiful, however you put it. And that's what um, somebody just said earlier. Uh, the idea is you can find beauty in anything. So why not some paper, colorful paper and, um, and an activity that shows us that there's unity and strength and power when we join together, but individually we could seem like a piece of trash or insignificant. That's what the quilt making is about. And I'm glad that even without me, y'all picked up on it. So y'all are smart. Thank you. Well, Going off of that, I do have a couple questions for you. So one of my questions are, what was like your first artwork? Oh, that's a good question. I think that just like some of you mentioned to me earlier about your passions, you knew from a young age you liked dance or you liked math or you um, liked to play piano or you had a talent for it. I think that I did as well. And my parents encouraged it. I remember being in first or second grade and winning a coloring contest. But the interesting part was I, I colored completely out of the lines. I, I didn't believe in coloring books lines. I just marched to the beat of my own drum and I felt like, oh, it didn't have to be perfect for somebody to see beauty in it. And ever since then, I realized there are no rules to art. You can do whatever you want. I understand that because I never like drawing in the lines on coloring books because that's hard to do anyway, especially staying in the line. Right. That's. <laughs> and so I have another question. Um, what inspires you to keep doing art? Like what keeps you like going, I guess? That's also a great question. When I was about 14, I started working an internship it was for a black female artist. Her name is Beverly McKeever. She was, she's based in Greensboro. She teaches at Duke. She's some kind of super established professor there. Um, but when I was 14, all I wanted to do was know how she had this job that I loved being an artist, full-time black female, the first I ever met. It, it gave me one hope that I could choose this career um, and be successful in it. Cause I see myself, I'm seen, you know, I see another black woman, I relate to her. But two, also like the, um, that you can do it as a living. It doesn't have to be a hobby or, you know, something that you like to do. So I, 
immediately asked her, could I do something to help her? And in a mentorship, she, she started the mentorship when I was younger, when I was 14. And in the mentorship, I was able to work with her and I um, cleaned her brushes and she helped me find the confidence to be an artist. Uh, and I say that to you guys, cause you're around the same age too. If you are passionate about something or somebody, you can go ahead and find somebody in that same subject and offer, you know, just to be there, to be a helpful hand. Um, and you never know what that might inspire in your life. Well, I'm sure that, you know, you have haters out there, you know, just jealous people. And how do you, you know, motivate yourself to, you know, block all of that, you know, negativity and then, you know, just keep doing like that art? Does it kind of like affect you or That's a like great just question. how do you control? Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, so I think the older you get, the easier it is to deal with people who disagree with you or don't like your art or think, say it's ugly or, you know. Um, but I remember being 14 and being self-conscious about what I was making and would people like it. And high school and middle school can be a place where bullies can say mean things that really do affect you. Again, because I had a mentor, I was able to see like a vision for the future that maybe um, other people couldn't. And as you gain, gain confidence, as you get a little bit older and kind of more sure about yourself and work on your craft, it becomes less important what other people think and more important if you're doing, you know, your God-given gift and your path in life. And if you're, if you do follow your intuition and kind of stay on that path, you realize that nothing can get in your way. Have you ever been doing something and like you got lost or you made a mistake or you something in your gut told you don't take a left <laughs> right there, even though you that's the way you were supposed to go. There's an internal compass and a sense in all of us that we can tap into. And sometimes it can lead you in the right way or the wrong way. You just have to, as you get older, you're, you'll develop that sense and know whether or not to participate in a certain situation or even talk about somebody else. So when, somebody, when I get bad news or you know a rejection letter, you can't get in or try it. If you, you cannot get a win if you don't play the game. You can't get an award if you don't even enter the competition. So I used to keep my rejection letters and things that were, you know, where I felt like people were hating or didn't understand. But then I realized I was getting way more acceptance and like and love the more confident that I was. And even when I was in graduate school, the, the white professor that I had said the art was too beautiful. Now, what kind of insult is that? I realized at that point, even sometimes your teachers make mistakes, even sometimes your people who are supposed to be teaching you what to do can affect your confidence and how you feel about you, what you do. So again, going back to making sure you're doing what you need to do and being clear about that and finding that inner confidence just to pat yourself on the back and say, hey, you know what? I don't even care what you said because I know I'm doing what I'm meant to do. How long do you think you'll be doing art for? I, I believe 
it's a lifelong goal. And like I've been working with tissue paper for longer than y'all have been alive, over 15, 16 years now. So I told myself that if I ever got tired of it, I would stop. But so far, I love it still. It's my job. It's my full-time career. Being an artist, going to schools, talking to people, making art, doing tissue quilt workshops. I'm so glad to be invited by UNCW to create a site-specific installation at their atrium and use the art that you guys made. A lot of different organizations actually in the Wilmington area and can combine the quilt to make a large scale exhibition. So I hope that um, you all will be able to join us at the celebration reception on Sunday, which will be next weekend actually. Do you think like you would ever move, go beyond the Southeast, like maybe out of country or like anywhere up west? I actually, basically when I actually left to go to high school, I started at a regular high school and then I went to a college prep school, boarding school in Massachusetts. So I was in North Carolina in Durham. And then I, my sophomore year traveled to a school in Massachusetts because I felt like I needed more. I was ready to go. Like I had a small town and I was ready to kind of spread my wings and it wasn't college time yet, but my cousin had went to a boarding school too. And it's not like a bad girl boarding school where your parents send you when they don't love you. It was a college prep school and they had a really good art department. So I went and finished my junior and senior year there. And then when I went to Lafayette College in Eastern Pennsylvania, and they also have a really good art department. And my junior year in there, I spent a semester abroad in Paris, and I was able to take a class through the study abroad exchange program, which I encourage every person, but specifically Black women to do, because it's the only time in your life, basically, where you probably have the least amount of responsibilities. You might not have a kid. You don't have to take care of anybody. You're in college. You can go. They pay for it as part of your regular college tuition, and you get to spend a, a semester abroad. So I picked this the same country where they spoke the language that I was studying, which was French. Stayed there for six months and took a class in collaboration with Syracuse University called Paris Noir, which is Black Paris and had a Black professor and Black learned about the Black Parisian experience. It was life-changing. And I went on there to get my master's degree at the School of the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. And that was really amazing and fun. And it was great. I spent some time in California too, traveling and seeing the world. Um, if you ever get an opportunity to travel, I would do it. If you don't have your passport yet, apply for one just so that if anybody invites you, you'll be ready to go. Because if you don't have one, it takes a minute to get one. The more places you go, the more you learn about yourself, but also you have empathy and compassion for different people, different types of people. So yeah, I definitely enjoyed traveling. And then I had babies and the babies I needed needed to be near their grandparents. And you might not understand that yet, but you just pay for village to raise the babies. And um, I needed to be near my mom and dad and my brother and the cousins so that I had full support of being a working mom, a black mom and a full-time artist. And so that's why I moved back to where I was raised in Durham. That was about, I've been back since my youngest son, my oldest son is 11 now and we didn't move when he was three. So that's why I ended up back here. It's a great place to live. And 
even though the South and North Carolina in particular go backwards politically, I find that to find the best, kindest people here, not everybody, but after going around the world, I, I gravitated right back here. Ah, that's very cool. My last question is, do you have any words to say for people who want to get into what you do or just art in general? Yeah, my word of advice, and this goes across the board, not for just artists, but any creative person or entrepreneur. My grandmother used to say, only you know your worth. And she's the one who taught me how to quilt make. She's the one who taught me how to make something out of nothing. She came from Texarkana, Texas in 1928 in the middle of the depression, the Great Depression in the United States. She said, we came from a family of sharecroppers that never got their fair share. And so she instilled in me one hard work, two, knowing your value and worth. And so if somebody says, can I get a hookup on the shea butter you made or the, <clears throat> the bracelet or you know, whatever, you could say yes, but you also could say no my price is this and someone else will buy it. My grandmother believed in paying for what things were worth. And so she's the one who bought my first painting. And she showed me that when you add something of value to the world that no one else can do the way that you do it, then it's worth something. And the more, the more esteem you give it and the more honor you give it, other people will treat it the same, same as your body, same as your schoolwork same as your you know your spirit it's about how you present yourself in the world it's about how you respect yourself in the world that's how other people will so when I tell you know certain collectors they're like oh can I get a discount I say you know what no because this is my full-time job and I'm not I, I don't have to devalue myself for you and that's something that took me a long time to learn so the faster you learn that the better but also that will generate some hate, like we talked about earlier, but you don't have to hold that or let that run you or manipulate you emotionally. You just know that you're worth and you can walk away from something that's not working for you. That is the advice that I would give to young entrepreneurs, especially when you know what you're making is important and valuable. That's very good. I will take some of what you said into consideration. I'll keep it in my mind for the future and what I do very much. You're welcome. Going off the top, I do have like one more question. So I was wondering, since you said you was you have been doing like art since like a really young age, is there any other art art you do, like dance or music or is there is there anything else you do? I came from a family of musicians, but I did not get that talent. I was not blessed with the voice of my mom. She's a jazz singer. And my dad was an architect, so he loves straight lines. And I, you know, you know me, I don't, I don't color in the lines. So I had creative people and they made a, a very wild, colorful baby, and that was me. <laughs> but I I think that my goal as an artist is to inspire others and to let them know that art is possible that's really what I leave it at okay and then just one more question and then I'm done where do you see your artwork going like in the next couple years do you see it making bigger like in bigger universities or where do you see it going 
here, I'm going to speak it into existence. I've done artwork at the Smithsonian in DC. I've done artwork. I, I did an installation at the U.S. Embassy in Madagascar. I've done a, a tissue quilt Cadillac ad, which you can see on my website, mayafreelon.com. So I've done a lot of cool stuff, but I would love to work with like an amazing Black artist, uh, musician like Beyonce or Janelle Monet or somebody I would like to, to do a collaboration musically with somebody really big. I think that's basically what I'm, what I'm waiting for. I've had museum shows and worked with some really cool people, but I think doing a collaboration with somebody that I admire musically would be really cool. So keep on the lookout for that. Okay, yes, I'm so excited to see you do that in the future because I've seen your artwork and it's really pretty. I really like it. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, Maya, thank you for joining us in our podcast and letting us interview. Thank you for your time. And also thank you for the event that you showed us. It means a lot. You're so welcome. And I hope I get a chance to meet y'all when I come to Wilmington. I'll be there from Thursday to Sunday. So if you can't come on Sunday to the event, try and come help me um, repair the quilts and join them all together on Saturday. And Kimberly has all the info on that. And I would like each of you to come if you can. Okay, thank you. All right, I'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye. Okay, Bye. Bye. Now, we'll be moving on to our fun topic. And our fun topic today is with everyone. And so my question for today is, what is your favorite thing to do on the weekends? Ooh, favorite thing I do on the weekends? Well, besides coming to see, you know, my amazing friends at Grits, you know, on Saturdays. But between that, you know, I like to play the game, just draw, and watch movies. My favorite thing to do on the weekend? Yeah, if it's not a good Saturday, then, or, like, I'm not hanging out with my friends um, at home, then, yeah, I usually like, play my, playing on my computer or talk to my friends. What about you? My favorite thing to do on the weekends is, I don't really do much on the weekends because that's like my only time I'm not doing something. So if I'm not at Grits, I'm either home on TikTok, home on Wattpad reading, or watching the Boondocks. Do not watch the Boondocks if you're younger than 11. Uh-huh. That's a fact. That is nasty. I was just watching it like, 15 minutes it's ago. It's nasty. They just have Oh, it's words. nasty. First see the first episode. Nasty. No, 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 no. Just the choice of word there. I love Riley. I think he might be my spirit animal. Yes. <laughs> and Huey. Huey, he's smart. He's a smart one. Riley, you know, he kind of, I don't know. Oh, we talking about him. the, sorry. We talking about the nuts. Oh, my gosh. I love yeah. that show. Yeah. It's the best show ever. It's so Does it still come on? Do you guys know if it still no, comes on? I don't think so. I look, they, don't, they said they have four seasons and they were supposed to have a five, a number, uh, season five, but they canceled that. And I don't think he's going to make any more. He made another um show, movie, whatever it is. It's called Black Jesus. So I kind of want to watch that. I, ha- I think I have heard of that. I want to see that too, but I heard that yeah. that's, you know, an age limit as well. Well, I watch everything, so it don't even matter at this point. True, Hello, well. true, true, true. Don't tell my mom. Okay. Please don't tell my mom. Well, <laughs> she probably knows. If you watch uh, Euphoria, Euphoria, 
you oh, yeah, will watch anything. Oh, you will yeah, watch I love anything. Victoria. Power, you know, all of them. Just all of them. For real, for real. You know what you're doing, but I ain't going to say mm-hmm. too much. <laughs> Who just laughed like that? <laughs> Who did it? Who did it? That was me. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh. One more fun topic, guys. What is your favorite kid? Like, back in the day. Yep, we're going 14 years old, 15 years old, back in our day. What was your favorite <laughs> ah. cartoon? Go. Okay. Ooh, ooh, let me go first. I got one. Okay. My favorite cartoon, cartoons, was Dr. McStuffins. Dr. McStuffins. Dr. McStuffins. I was her for my seventh birthday, and I was, I was, um, literally her. I am her. So yeah. My favorite one. I'm going back in the day. I used to love, and I mean love, watching Fat Albert. Oh my! Oh gosh. my God! Yes. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry. It's Fat Albert, and I'm gonna something for you. I love that song. Oh my god, I've seen the um like the real version of Fat Albert. I loved it. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, um, it was also my favorite TV show would be Fanboy and Chum Chum. Yeah, if I would have known that like that. It was like I think on, I like, that. Like Nickelodeon, but kind of I don't I, I forgot like what actual kind of like at night kind of like not adult swim but you know like at night like at 12 or something mm-hmm. you will go in that like one nickelodeon kind of area and it'll just be random but, yeah, yeah like nick jr and all that junk right yeah, right, I, right, yeah. Right. yeah i used to watch like the like the show that come out at like 8 p.m i used to watch hey arnold chowder it was a hit, the oh. hairless dog and the grandma, the grandpa, the grandma, what was his name? Cat dog. Yes. I used to love watching cat dog. Wonder pets, little Einsteins, everything like that. You guys ever watched those two ducks? I think it was called Bread Winners. Yes. Yeah. I love that show. <laughs> oh my God. I still watch that to this day. Y'all, I go way back. I watch Sanjay and Craig. And Craig? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, exactly. Snake dude. Yes, yeah. I used to always want to eat their hot wings. Like every time I had a hot wings, I, I would be so that. jealous. I was just thinking that. Sandra Yang Craig. Do 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 do. They were so good. Oh my goodness. Besides Kim Possible, it was that ew. one. Not not. Did you just say ill? Yep. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Who are you? But listen, listen, listen. Besides Kim Possible, Benton, your parents, you. Oh my God! What is wrong with you? Ain't nobody want to watch Benton. Benton. Oh my God! When he would like ben. transform into that big old crab, looking like a gigantic <laughs> handsome Mr. Krabs. Oh my God! That was my favorite part of anything. Oh, you guys don't understand. But listen, Benton was my favorite. He was my crush. He was my cartoon crush. But I forgot what the other show was called. But yeah, Benton would probably be my crush. Ugh, I, you know, I love watching Teen Ninja Turtles. Turtle Power, you know that? Yeah. Right. That was so fun. But I don't want to go back in elementary school because those six years at one school was horrible. Mm, you ain't never, never lie. Back. <laughs> All right. So now 
that we mentioned all of our favorite kitty cartoons. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed our podcast and tune into our next podcast. So this is Raylan signing off. This is Janaya signing off. This is Ty signing off. Everybody say bye. Bye. Bye.